Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who wander about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, as I promised you, we have a very special guest with us. This gentleman, Pastor Greg Locke, he's the founder of Global Vision Bible Church, and um, I guess that was a, uh, probably well over a decade ago, but in recent years, this new mission has come about in about uh, in delivering people from evil spirits, and he's got a movie that's coming out in less than a week, come out in Jesus' name, and so he is with us today. Welcome, Pastor Greg Locke. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. So this must be an incredibly crazy time for you, less than a week to go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I never realized how many interviews you have to do to promote a movie, but here we are. <laughs> this, um, I watched the movie. Thank you for giving me the ability to, to screen it. Uh, it was, I loved it. It was great, fascinating. Um, let's start it from the beginning. So how did this all come about? Because as my own experience with most of the, um, the Baptist churches, I guess at least around here, is when they encounter some kind of a demonic problem they frequently will call me and they mm -hmm. refer them over uh, so this is a, a different trajectory you're on here right yeah absolutely i mean i was very much baptist very much you know cessationist against any of this kind of stuff for a lot of years almost trained to from my college and seminary days i was an evangelist for about 11 years and i've been the pastor of the church that i started here in in mount juliet the nashville area for almost 17 years this november and so you know, the demonic was never really talked about. You know, we would say, oh, demons still flee at the name of Jesus. Or, you know, we would talk about the power that we have in the Holy Spirit and the authority of God's word. But if, if it ever would have happened, it would have freaked us out. So the first time it happened, it freaked us out, right? To the place where it embarrassed me, as you saw in the movie. And I was upset at myself, not at the person that it happened to that was in torment, but because I didn't know what to do because I hadn't been trained. So now, very much like your situation, a lot of the Baptists and really a lot of denominations are now calling our church and they're either coming here to get prayer or sending people here to get either prayer or some type of training because really spiritual warfare is amping up in these last days and people are gonna have to face it for what it is. There's no more denying its reality. So people can have this luxury of be like, well, you know, people aren't really being tormented by evil spirits. Those days are over with because we are living in the days in which if we don't put on the whole armor of God, we're going to be destroyed. And so, yeah, I have just, I've had to just face it head on and just deal with it in a way that I never thought that I would. So God really immersed me, baptized me into deliverance ministry, and I wasn't even looking for it. And now we've become a mouthpiece for it. It's amazing. I was a kid in the 70s, college in the 80s. Certainly there was evil in the world. I mean, you knew it was around, but it is so different now where mm. it just seems like the devil's not concerned about hiding anymore. He's just out and in your yeah. face. And uh, I think COVID, for me anyway, and the exorcists mm -hmm. that I, I know around the country, spiked the cases like through the roof during COVID. Yes. And 
we, we have some theories about it. But and since then, it's just been getting worse and worse. Um, so you you had this in, this one encounter, which is it, it, I remember the first time that I had to sit in with a deliverance. <laughs> I didn't know what was really going to happen. You know, I've seen the movie The Exorcist. I've seen stuff like that, but I, you don't know. Right. But I was a bigger guy, so they grabbed me. I was in religious life, and they, it's me and this guy, Anthony. He said, just come in, and um, you'll be with us to in case the person needs to be restrained. And I said, okay. And it was, it was a small woman. I said, well, this is going to be easy. And what could she possibly do? And they start doing the deliverance. And there were two end tables next to the couch. And on the end tables were table lamps. And they're praying these prayers. And all of a sudden, both lamps lift up and fly across the room and smash into the wall. And like... That was it for me. I, I yep. It broke my attention. I was in total fear. I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't no. want to be there. And the person in charge said, just relax. Go back to the prayers. Yep. But it is a shocking moment when you come face-to-face yep. with it. So how did it become um, such a great mission of your church? You know, I mean, I just I wanted the focus to be I wanted to see people set free, right? I wanted to see people be at peace. You know, we've had a tagline for our church for many, many years where broken people find new meaning to life. I mean, how much more broken can you get when you're under torment, right? And depression and anxiety and, you know, people are just consumed with pornographic material, every sort of addiction you can imagine, can't get off the couch, they have nightmares, they feel things in their house, their marriage is falling apart. And I'm like, it doesn't get more broken than the enemy, than the devil and his demons coming against you. And so I thought, you know what? We're gonna really study into this. We're gonna pray, we're gonna fast. We're gonna watch every video we can. We're gonna you know, read books, look at documentaries. How can we be best trained for this? How can we be best equipped? And the best way was, as you just said, experience. So when my theology and my experience began to merge, we a little bit became a force to be reckoned with because then we began to understand, wow, we do have authority that has been given to us from heaven to take on these you know, malevolent entities, if you will. And so we just began to bring people in and have kind of personal, private times with them, but it began to explode so greatly that literally our services were going from 10.30 Sunday morning till 2.30 Monday morning. So we had to shift gears into what we call mass deliverance. And so on Sunday nights, hundreds of people come in and we do renunciations and repentance and we forgive people, which is a massive, massive effective tool and key when it comes to deliverance ministry. You gotta be willing to forgive the people that have hurt you the most. And you know, those evil spirits don't wanna cross the barrier of somebody's bitterness and somebody's vengeance and animosity. And so these people come in literally by the hundreds. This past Sunday night was week 55. So straight, 55 straight Sunday nights, no break. Hundreds of people coming in from all over the world, literally around the globe, just for that one service, just to get relief from all of these pressures and these forces. And so really, it's not that we were looking to get in it and become our mission, but it has become our mission. And we very much have kind of become tip of the spear, at least in the evangelical world in a lot of ways. And so the whole movie came about and I'm like, wow, we have a massive social media platform. We have a large church, a big live stream, but let's take it from that literally to the masses of people that are either ignorant to this, would want to know about this, But also I want pastors and church leaders to have to start answering the hard questions. Why is it that Jesus did this more than anything else in his ministry? And we talk about being like Jesus, but it's the last thing that we talk about, if ever do we talk about it. And so I want this movie to answer those questions or at least force pastors and church leaders to have to say, why am I not involved actively in the ministry of Jesus, which was the ministry of deliverance? 
Yeah, and again, the, the film is called Come Out in Jesus' Name, and it's being released uh, this month, March 13th, I think six days away. Uh, so go go look for it in a movie theater near you. Um, so you mentioned this learning curve, and that is, it, it's so critical, and it's so sort of painful to go through when you're in it. Yeah. Uh, but you turn to some people that were already doing this. One of the best books that I've read is The Secrets to Deliverance by Alexander um, mm -hmm. Is it Pagani? Yeah, Pagani. Uh -huh. Pagani. Um, and it, it, this is one of the people that was involved with you. When he talks about his, like, uh, aha moment, <laughs> he went up getting pinned on the floor by an angel, and he couldn't move. I mean, when you read this, you're like, holy cow. Can you imagine <laughs> that happening in front of all of your leadership team? <laughs> it, it happened. It, it's fascinating. And of course, he preached against deliverance for like a decade. I mean, as a Pentecostal preacher and church leader, and he was just like, absolutely not. There's no way in the world. And once he experienced it, what do you do? You can't put God back in a box. You can't right. go back. Once you see it, once the lamps fly across the room, you're done. You're in yeah. for life. There's nothing. You can either deny it and just lie to yourself or just get involved. Yeah. And, and you know, what a great humility in him recounting the story for everyone to learn from um so critical when dealing with evil is is to stay humble and yes. under the protection of the lord so when you look at our world today and the the great problems we're suffering from and, and of course it's all due to sin uh mm -hmm. which just fuels these demonic creatures give the listeners something um some advice about the, the basics of like what plagues people most people think when they have like a difficult rocky marriage or uh they commit the same sins over and over and over that they think it's just part of life that they don't realize there's there's actually demons pushing them and poking mm -hmm. at them what can you tell us about that yeah absolutely I, I think people dismiss it because you know i tell people we're not talking about butterflies and poodles right we're talking about demonic activity and so it makes people nervous which it should make people nervous but what should make us more nervous is how much the Bible actually speaks authoritatively on this issue, and we've just decided to ignore it, right? It's like the elephant in the room. For example, for many, many years, even pre-deliverance, as a pastor of a successful church, I deeply struggled with what we would call medically chronic depression. And I'd preach the paint off the walls, turn the mic off, go home, couldn't get out of bed for three days, didn't want to answer the phone, didn't want to travel. You know, I'd have all these plans for the day. I'd walk past the couch and sit down for five minutes, which would turn into five hours. And my whole day was shot. And I'm like, why in the world can I figure out what is wrong with me? And then when somebody that struggles with oppression, depression, anxiety, PTSD, trauma, whatever you want to call it medically, when somebody asks you, what's wrong with you? It triggers you because you can't explain it in the natural because it's a supernatural force. But I was reading in Isaiah 61 and verse four, we put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So what we call a problem or a symptom, God calls a person because a spirit is a person without a body. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, power, spiritual wickedness in high places. And so I began to realize I'm fighting something else, something otherworldly. Second Timothy, God's not given us the spirit, there it is again, of fear. And so people can be under the bondage of fear and anxiety, depression. I believe there is a, a spirit of lust that caused people to be unbelievably evil and very sexually driven. We see that in our society, like you said, it's buck wild and demonized because there's a spirit behind it. For years, I was known as the, the Christian nationalist pastor that called out all the corrupt politicians. Well, I had to come to an agreement with the Lord and understand that, yeah, there's a lot of corruption in politics, 
but we don't have a White House problem. We have a God's house problem. And judgment must begin in the house of God. And because we don't deal with it, we're not pulling down those principalities and the evil that is behind the corruption of government. So God's people struggle with a lot of bondage, a lot of tyranny of soul and spirit. And they just don't want to deal with it because pastors are like, no, Christians can never be afflicted. You're not being afflicted by demons. That's just an intrusive thought in your mind. Yet the Bible plainly says in Galatians and Romans that one of the works of the flesh is witchcraft. I'm shocked at how much witchcraft is in religion, how much witchcraft is in the church world denominationally, and people don't want to deal with it. And so once you've opened yourself up to those occultic, new age, satanic doors, you may have been eight years old messing with a Ouija board, going to a seance, you know, burning candles in some cemetery somewhere, worshiping the devil, thinking, oh, this is no big deal, conjuring up some kind of spirit. But at the end of the day, that's followed you the whole of your life, and people don't recognize that. So there's a lot of bondage in the American church, and a lot of that bondage is in the pulpit. And because the preachers aren't free, they're not interested in telling other people how to get free. Yeah, it's so true. You know, that's an interesting point you make about a Christian can't be... um possessed or have demons uh, there was a priest years ago who who uh, it was sort of uh, very outspoken about a lot of this stuff he wrote a book called hostage to the devil mm. and um it was four cases of actual possession that he worked with and he just changed the names and protect the innocent and then published mm. the four stories one of them was a priest a catholic yeah. priest is fully possessed and you know how they figured it out he, he had a great aversion to going into the church. And so he started doing his masses uh, anywhere but the church. And then they, they, he was going to marry this couple one day. So he took them. I think he was up in Boston. He said, let's have the wedding at the beach. And wow. in the middle of the ceremony, he grabs the bride and throws her into the ocean and starts drowning her. And oh that, was, that was finally <laughs> the point where they said something's wrong with father. And they took him to the chancery and the exorcist said, yeah, he's, he's possessed. We got to help him. But like... Wow. What you say about it's not the dramatic, it's the thing that can get people into trouble is is literally it's the sin, right? Being yeah. punched in the face by the devil doesn't put us in hell. Giving in to the temptations mm. gets us on the road that gets to the to perdition. So yeah. when I talk about this stuff to the general pub, they're always interested in the 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 fanatical, the the yeah. wild stories, but the truth is that he's winning the battle for souls when he convinces us to go against God's commands, his laws, his words. And that is, I can't believe what we see today. We are literally seeing preached from pulpits, from uh, government leaders. We have a Catholic president who's pro-abortion, pro-gay marriage, pro-everything. He's a heretic. He goes against everything yeah. the church teaches. And it's becoming mainstream. That's the worry, yeah. right? Oh, it, it's very much the worry. They are definitely under demonic influence. And what people don't realize, for example, you know, in my cessationist days, I, I wrote a best-selling book on the armor of God. <clears throat> I should have included the chapter on why the armor of God is really that important because we talk all about the pieces of the armor, but here's what the Bible says. We as believers put on the armor of God not to combat the flesh, not to combat the world, Hollywood, and the culture, but we put it on so that we may be able to stand against the wiles, the trickery, the deception of the devil. That's why we wear the armor of God. So the armor of God, like you said, it's obedience, it's prescriptive. So if you don't put it on, you are going to be destroyed because the essence of deliverance ministry is submit to God, 
resist the devil and he will flee from you. But nobody wants to talk about that. And yet it is the biggest issue that the church is facing in America. So I'm not talking about crack houses. I'm not talking about Hollywood. I'm not talking about evil, deviant, wicked people that we just assume are possessed. I'm talking about people sitting in our church chairs, our church pews, our church boardroom tables, and behind pulpits that are demonized and they need help. And so it's the responsibility of a guy like you and a guy like me that has a calling really from two opposite ends of the of the Christian denominational spectrum saying, look, we have got to start fighting the right enemy because you're not my enemy. The, 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 the alphabet crew is not my enemy. It's the spirit behind what's taking place. You know, it's the Antichrist spirit, the Jezebel spirit that is hijacking this nation. And we have got to call it out. We've got to sound the alarm. Yeah. When you speak about the, um, the armor of God, you know, when we consider the, the shield of faith, mm. We're living in a time when the, the most uh, number of Christians are walking away from the church yes. for whatever reason. You can fill in. There's so many reasons, but it's unprecedented how many are just saying, I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. I don't want to go to a church. I'll have a walk in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. And when you know the scripture, it says, you know, it's only through that shield of faith that you are able to extinguish these fiery darts of the enemy, right? All the attacks. Yes. So. It really, it's eye-opening that you just turn to the scripture and it's giving us, here is the problem. Yeah. This is why this is happening. This is why the world is so messed up right now. People need to learn. Yes. So the, 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 um, the task is huge, but mm. you now have a platform with this movie where hopefully hundreds of thousands, if not millions, will come out and learn from just yes. watching this and at least open their mind to the possibility that maybe this is what's wrong with me yes maybe this is why and, and, and that's failing. what we want you know yeah. we just we want to make it simple we want to take the spookiness out of it and show people and you've seen you know the screener and so from from start to finish it's just verse after verse theologically very well done just tying it all together with the the new testament theological aspect of demonism and here's the personal experience of a guy that wrote the book against this stuff right i preached against all this i was for none of this i'd never been having this interview five years ago right i just i was against all of it i just dismissed it now where i thought the demons went i don't know but they're still here to this very day (laughs) until god deals with all of them and so we've got to deal with it and so i'm praying that people will see this movie and they'll get freedom but they'll also start bringing people uh, to the table that need to have this discussion and say, look, we, we've got to help people get free. This is the bigger problem in the church. Since you've started this, so I guess a little over a year, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of pushback have you received? <laughs> well, it, well, it's interesting. Because we know it's there. Uh, you know, There's always, always retaliation. A, yeah, I've always had a, con- had a controversial, you know, figureness about who I am, but this is a different type of controversy. I've lost more meetings, more friends, you know, more denominational invitations over demons than I did over anything else that I've been involved in. And if you know anything about our past, I mean, we've had five years of nothing but fall down the steps controversy. Controversy built our platform, but God used it to build a platform for deliverance. And so there's been a lot of pushback, but not in the church. We've lost a handful of people that thought it was hokey or whatever. Some of them came back, but for every, you know, 10 people we've lost, a thousand people have showed up. And so now, like I said, denominationally across the board, people are begging me to bring deliverance to them at a rate in which I I can't keep up. So now every three months, we're bringing in hundreds of pastors and leaders and training them and, and, and setting them free. We have pastors calling us now. We are like backed up in the office, not for deliverance training, 
but for Christian leaders that want to come for deliverance prayer, that want to go through sessions. And so it's unbelievable. But we have lost some friends. We've lost some meetings. We've lost, you know, support and people that think we're crazy. But now they're secretly going to go watch this movie, right? Because this is Christian contraband right now. And so they're going to go watch this movie and they're going to be like, okay, I have to believe the Bible or I don't. And so it's been an interesting journey. So uh, back to your Sunday nights, um, what's what's some of the uh, ways that God's blessed your church through these events that you're holding? I mean, obviously the people are set free, but then yeah. there's always usually a bigger thing happening. Um, I'm sure you're aware of what's going on in Kentucky with the uh, this revival yes. that's happening at the college campus. It seems, and actually tomorrow there's another producer coming on to speak with me for a new movie coming out. The Jesus, well, it's already out. The Jesus Revolution. It mm-hmm. seems, despite the great darkness we're living in, that there is a lot of these rising up of people wanting yes. more of God, right? And why is that? Because we're, our hearts are made for God. It, that nothing yes. can complete us like He can. So there must be some great things happening in your community. Oh, yes, very much so. And we really, since the whole COVID debacle, we've been in full-blown revival for more than three years. You know, we outgrew a 300-seat wedding chapel, and, you know, we got a 650-seat tent, then an 850-seat tent, then a 1,200-seat tent, then a, you know, 3,000-seat tent. And so, you know, we've baptized 7,500 converts in three years in the middle of a pandemic. And so, yeah, great things have happened. But as far as the Sunday nights, it's the after effect. It's the next day, the next week, the next month testimonies that we're hearing of people that they've been praying for 20 years for a healing that they were never going to get because healing is not what they needed. They needed deliverance from a spirit of infirmity. And once the spirit of infirmity came out, by his stripes we are healed. They were automatically healed in their body. And so we hear dozens and dozens, hundreds of testimonies. We literally could put a book or a movie together on just the testimonies of people that have been set free from the trauma of PTSD and just the abuse of their past and how they came to our tent and went through a moment of deliverance and inner healing and just that torment came out. Because you know as well as I do, when we work in this type of a ministry that's this vast, people wanna know, okay, what is the number one responsibility of a demon? Well, to take your peace. They wanna take your peace away. They don't care how they do it. They will use uh, a fear. They will use every tactic financially in your health, in your marriage, with your kids. They'll try to spook you, scare you. Like you said, the lamp started flying across the room. Somebody starts levitating, it freaks you out. Well, God's not giving you the spirit of fear. He's giving you the spirit of a love and power and a sound mind. And so people need to understand that when they come to our tent, the biggest thing they leave with is peace. It's like a Mack truck drove out of their chest and came out of their mouth. They're like, wow. I'm gonna sleep good tonight. And so we are just watching testimonies of people from all over the world. And the the part to me that is the most beautiful, it's a little pastorally selfish, but it's when the skeptics, when my, my pastor friends show up and they're there for the purpose of just being critical and judgmental and just ignoring and suppressing what God's doing and either them or their wife flares up with an evil spirit while we're going through the breaking off curses and renunciation. They're like, oh my goodness. And of course, once they see it, they take it back to their church and they're never again the same. Because once you get involved in this type of ministry, you're a marked person. Heaven has you marked and hell has you marked and you'll start finding them everywhere you go. Yeah, that's true. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, but one of the priests said to me, um, this was just at ordination. He's like, you know, you're being ordained a priest. You now have a bullseye on your back. So yeah. you, you have to be super uh, regimented in your prayer life. 
Yeah. And uh, you know, you got to you got to walk the straight and narrow from this day forward. But yeah. so much more so when you start dealing with directly stepping on the devil's tail. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure you have many stories. Oh, you are actually a neighbor. We are just about 40 to 50 miles apart from each other. Um, okay. So I once the, the, this wave launches and things settle down a little. They may not settle down for a while, but at some point, uh, I'm going to come up and we'll we'll go have a cup of coffee and. Oh, and please share some do! Words. That'd be great. We, we be can, great. Uh, yeah, swap some stories. That'd be fun. <laughs> or even come to one of our, our our evening services and kind of see the flow of how we do it. I, I call yeah, it organized chaos. That. Right? It's the most organized chaos in a church service you'll ever see. But here's what's interesting: because we are marked. And because there is an authority and an anointing behind this ministry, it's happening now before we even get to Sunday night services. I mean, it's like Wednesday and Sunday morning. People are showing up. We're doing worship. I'm preaching. Somebody's giving announcements. We're taking an offering. And somebody will just absolutely manifest out of nowhere. And they can't even wait till Sunday night. So they, those demons mark you. They know you after a while. And when you carry a level of biblical authority and you walk in that authority that the Holy Spirit's given us, they can't handle it. They just can't. Yeah. Good work you're doing. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being with us today. Tomorrow I'm going to have on Andy Irwin of the Irwin Brothers who produced Jesus Revolution. Also, uh, I can only imagine. Uh, so come back tomorrow for that interview. And thank you so much, Pastor. It was great having you on today. Thank you, sir. Let me give you my blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan signing off. <laughs>